Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Innovation Theory with your hosts, Daniel and Yusuf. Today, we'll be interviewing Mr. Bob Rumley, an entrepreneur from Brunei who has a startup named Bruita that's based in Malaysia. We're going to get to know a little bit about his story and his journey of as a foreigner starting his company in Malaysia and all the challenges he's had to face so far and what he's done or is currently doing to overcome them. Uh, welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, so just to, be, just to begin, could you tell us a little bit more about Burita or it has an app called Grocery, correct? Yeah, that's right. First of all, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to join Open Innovation Community. And Bruita basically started back in 2017. We've incorporated our company in Malaysia back in 2017. And from that company, we are launching our app, uh, which is called Grocery App. Uh, as the name implies, in, in simple terms, I think grocery uh, is akin to something like Trivago, but for groceries. So what we are, we are a free mobile application that aggregates prices and promotions from various retailers for easy comparison. Our goal is to become an enabler in bringing digital saving solutions to Malaysia and a premier company in digital marketing solution serving our clients in the retailing industry. I think just to share a bit of our vision, um, our vision is to bring shoppers and retailers into a community and then build an ecosystem where shoppers and retailers can actually work together to co-create a win-win situation that will benefit each other. Um, at this point, I wanted to clarify that our app is not, it's not just your typical e-commerce app for buying groceries. What we are is that we give you, uh, we give the Malaysian people um, the, the right insights uh, to the right product at the right price. So we are, I would say, uh, a complete and smarter sh uh, shopping app for groceries. So yeah, that's a little bit about uh, Bruita and also grocery. That's great. We will later dive into more questions about the app itself and what came about it. Mm -hmm. But right now, we'll start with what's your story. So uh, how did you decide that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Uh, what was that journey like uh, until today? Okay, uh, that very interesting question about, uh, about my journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, actually, I didn't plan out to be an entrepreneur. It sorts out, um, it sorts out um, what is it? Uh, it came about um, through one of my talks and meeting with, with, with my friend. Uh, I'm a, I have a background in strategic management and I've always had that um, principle of always trying to look forward or think forward. So when we were like meeting uh, one day, we wanted to actually uh, start thinking about what should we do that will, that will benefit us in the future. And therefore that how uh, Grocery App actually started. Uh, it started back in 2015 actually, when we were like, um, when we were meeting and talking about what is the, what is a good app that we can actually create uh, that will be useful to the people. And at that time, uh, we came across this one main problem. And that problem is that um, it's quite difficult for us, even in Brunei, yeah? 
to find um, uh, groceries uh, at the right price. Um, I, I come from a big family. Uh, my, my mother is always uh, looking for the cheapest and the best price um, because um, it, it's quite pricey for, for her to actually um, feed, uh, feed us all since we have a large family. And um, from there on, uh, since 2015, we, 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 we kept on the, uh, working on that idea until, um, until what it is now. And we are very, we, we feel very, um, how do you say, very happy about the, the outcome of the app. And we wanted to actually start launching it in, 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 in Malaysia um, uh, sometime this, this year. So I think um, not, the, the, the main problem of finding um, the price, the best price and the cheapest price for groceries does not apply only for Bruneians. I think a lot of Malaysians also face the same problem, especially given the current uh, condition of, um, of COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. um, my journey so far has been very interesting. I get to meet a lot of startups uh, and fellow entrepreneurs um, going back and forth from Brunei uh, to Malaysia, KL. Um, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to be part of the ecosystem in Malaysia and it's been an enjoyable yet um, a bit tiring though I, I could say for, 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 for being an entrepreneur but it's very rewarding. I mean just uh, you know just meeting people, sharing ideas, it's, it's been very very rewarding. So you know that's, uh, that's my journey so far in terms of uh, being an entrepreneur. Got it. I, I like the fact that you said the reason you started was you met your friend and you were thinking about the future and strategically what you should do to, uh, like, I, um, is it financially safeguard yourself in the future or is it just to leave a mark in the future? Uh, <laughs> it's actually, it all started because, you know, I think back in 2015, there was this hype, this hype about, you know, how people are being successful creating an app, you know? So we mm -hmm. thought that, you know, it couldn't be that hard, you know, creating uh, an app, you know? So we said, let's try that, you know? We've, we've got a, a good idea. And at, that and at that time, back in 2015, there was not a lot of similar apps like us. Um, even, now, even now, I would say, our app is, uh, is very unique um, in essence that, it's not your typical, uh, you know, e-commerce, uh, grocery, price comparison type of app. It's, it's, it's much more than that, you know. I, w I will go into details uh, later on. But, yeah, um, thinking about uh, back then, it was, there was a hype about creating an app. And say, we said, okay, let's try, let's try to, 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 what? to create an app for ourselves. And that's how it all started. Uh, but then again, you see, w when it when we first thought about the idea of, of creating an app uh, for grocery, right? There's no point of us to just like talk about it without doing any, anything about it. So we started um, developing the concept into an actual grocery app product, you know, sort of like what you call the minimum viable product. And from there on, then we started, I mean, I started to go back and forth uh, to Malaysia talking about this app because now we have this app 
already on our hand that we can actually, um, you know, ask for comments, validate it through, you know, meeting with industry players and also fellow entrepreneurs. So it's much more useful, I think, to 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 go that to go into um, implementing or putting actions into your idea before uh, you know you start talking about uh, this idea and sharing it with others. You know, it's much more substantive, I would say. Right. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the thing about MVP, right? And actually, yep. me and Daniel have been arguing about what MVP actually means, right? Uh, <laughs> Can you tell me a bit more about what is your what is an MVP definition for you, and how long did it take you to get an MVP? Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I think uh, the definition of MVP. Uh, you know, most people uh, uh, tied um, MVP MVP to most valuable player, right? You know, if you are a basketball fan. For me, um, you know, minimum viable product is something that you, 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 you've actually created the product. You know, you have a tangible product at hand and you can actually test the product and show it to others. So that's the MVP. Uh, some people might say that um, MVP also um, um, refers to uh, a product fit, a product fit for market, um, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, market, well, yeah, product fit for market already. But I think my definition of MVP is that um, when we transition from idea into an actual product, and that actual product can actually be tested and be shown to others. So that's my definition of MVP. Now, in terms of the duration, the time, the timeline to get from ideation to this MVP takes a lot, a lot of time actually. You know, because the process. Um, the process is uh, you have to con continuously uh, modify it. You know, you have to, you know, keep on thinking about whether this is the right thing to do. You also want it to be unique. You don't want to copy from others. So the process, I would say the journey, it took us about one year. Um, and then um, also, uh, as you might uh, also encounter other entrepreneurs is also encountering the same problem. Um, finding the developer to develop the product for you because uh, quite honestly i am i am not the technical person uh, in this in this company in this startup i'm i'm someone who 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 does the strategic thinking and also looks at the business development of this app you know we have our team who is actually leading our technical department uh, i mean technical uh, yeah technical department and we also have team that supports our marketing and sales uh, department. So, yeah. So that's uh, a brief, I think, uh, about the timeline of how it started from uh, just an idea into an MVP. I'm not going to bite the bullet, Daniel. I really love your answer. It's just killing Yusuf inside. <laughs> what his expectation of what an MVP is. So... He, okay, just to clarify, he believes that an MVP is exactly what you mentioned, but that in way shorter time, which oh. I feel is a bit unrealistic. And thank you for giving us that kind of point of view because I have, I have the same idea that MVPs take a little bit long. Ideally, you don't want it to be too long. However, yeah. so you would like to have like small tests before that feasibility. Mm. Mm. That's like a debate for another time. Between yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, however, I I like how your journey kind of started because uh, you and another person, another entrepreneur, I think two others that I've met, didn't start out saying that I want to change the world. Some of them started out from a dare. Hey, could you do this? Or could you do this? And then they just said like, yeah, let's try it. And I think that maybe what I believe is probably maybe the most important spark for an entrepreneur is that they actually say, let's do it. It's not just the thinking part, yeah. it's like, let's get started with it and then let's see how it goes on rather than trying to, you know, just think about it and talk to people about it. And yeah, that's, yeah. That's really insightful, how your journey all began and how you got to it. And now to groceries. Now, could you now tell us a little bit more about the app itself and not specifically just the features or whatnot, but explain to us from a customer's point of view, what is it that you would like the customers to experience or go through as they're using Okay, um, that's a very, uh, very um, good question as well, you know, uh, looking at when we talk about an app that's going to be useful for the, for the, for the end users, which is our users, uh, you know, it has to have that impact and that benefit to users, uh, right? Otherwise, people will not want to use it, right? right. So when people actually uh, talk about their app, you know, they have to think about their users firsthand, right? So I think, uh, like, I, like I shared earlier on, I think the problem of finding the cheapest and the best price for groceries um, is not only uh, prevalent uh, in, in Brunei. I think in Malaysia, this is mostly experienced by, you know, housewife, moms, you know, um, even um, I, I, I can go as far as like students studying, you know, studying uh, in, in the university. Now, what is happening at the moment, I think, is that um, finding groceries cheaply is becoming much more essential, right? In urban areas, especially um, in Kuala Lumpur, um, the ever-increasing cost of living is actually mainly attributed to the rising price of food. And this, uh, this problem identification, we actually did a bit of more research uh, before we started developing um, the grocery app, right? And um, if you have a, a family uh, in, in Kuala Lumpur, your, you know, your monthly grocery, grocery bill forms a significant percentage of your monthly household expenditure. And from our research, uh, it accounts for as much as 30% uh, of your monthly household expenditure. Now, the pain that consumers um, uh, experience is that, number one, wages cannot keep up with the cost of living, especially for the lower income groups, the B40. And even more pertinent now is that we are facing hard times uh, during the current economic downturn uh, caused by COVID-19. Uh, but beyond that, people are surrounded also by too many different stores and, and they are, you know, they have the luxury of too much choice, but yet they have very little time to choose this, this uh, to make these choices, right? Now, this is how I think grocery can come in and solve these problems uh, for, for the shoppers. Um, number one, uh, through grocery, we, uh, we allow people to actually share and compare grocery prices. Uh, we provide price comparison not only by item, but also um, by, by stores. We categorize it by stores. Um, 
So you can see the, the, the price of uh, the items. And at the same time, you can also accumulate all your, your, your shopping basket and you can actually see the breakdown by different stores. So that's number one. Uh, secondly is our, our geotagging function, um, which allows uh, users to be matched uh, of their current location to the nearest store selling at the best price so that they would not go they wouldn't have to go far from where they are so that's another uh, another experience that we wanted to actually tell to our users um, the third one is so what's interesting is that um, uh, users using our app can actually collect points when they share their prices with each other and then they can use these points uh, to redeem cash and other discount vouchers from the stores that they frequently go to. Um, uh, from that, uh, from uh, from that future also, we also have a future uh, that allows our users to actually scan nearby offers and discounts with our grocery go function. Um, if you remember um, back then, there was like a hype also about Pokemon Go where they go hunting for Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. So we have that similar gamification uh, future inside our app. And lastly, I think um, what's important is that we create that convenience for users to actually purchase these items. So through our app also, they can um, lastly, um, purchase groceries uh, from the nearest uh, stores and they can uh, opt for a collection or get it delivered to them um, by just using the mobile phone. I think um, that's, um, that's uh, the main features as well as what we expect the benefit uh, for, our, or for our users to be using grocery. But then again, I think I wanted to also iterate in this, uh, in, in this opportunity that we, if you remember early on, uh, we wanted to create that synergy between retailers and also consumers, right? So I think um, we want to create that balance. Um, so what we do is that we think about our, our customer as also the retailer stores. So now, again, uh, we have to create that we, we, have, we are creating a platform that serves, uh, that serves to actually look at the best common interests for both parties, uh, namely the, the consumers and also the retailers. So now, through grocery, I think uh, some of the benefits for our retailers um, and also uh, our, our merchant um, are that, is that, number one, we allow or we, we will effectively promote in-store deals uh, using a mobile app. Uh, we offer uh, an optimized advertising space in the app, which retailers can use to promote their brochures and leaflets. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a real life example. Uh, the reason why I did this was because uh, back then, when I go for Friday prayers, right? When I go for Friday prayers, I always found out that people like to uh, slip um, this paper paper brochure in someone's windshield. Have you ever encountered that in Malaysia? <laughs> right. And then I thought about, you know, that's not a good way to promote yourself. You know, people get annoyed, actually. I, I, just, I just don't bother to actually take a look at that, that paper, uh, you know, and I'll just throw it away. So I think uh, in, in terms of what we offer in grocery is that we, like I said, 
you are able to actually optimize your advertising, reaching out to the right customer using our mobile app, you know, because we are building a community of consumers interested in groceries as well, right? Secondly, I think um, what uh, grocery stores, uh, I mean, what um, uh, retailers are facing at the moment is that they are facing also uh, stiff competition from online retailers. So we are giving them an alternative and, uh, and another avenue for them to actually um, uh, offer their products. And also through our marketing campaign, we are able to increase footfall and traffic uh, of users to rush to their stores and take advantage of these advertised promotions that I've, I've said earlier. Uh, and then uh, thirdly is that I, uh, the, the last benefit I think for the retailers is that I do, uh, throughout my engagement with uh, fellow uh, entrepreneurs and also industry leaders, right, I mm. found out that, that retailers, retailers are facing one big problem. Um, certainly not uh, the big stores, probably because they have a good inventory management. Uh, but the smaller stores, they, they tend to have these problems of overstocking items. Um, yeah, overstocking mm -hmm. items. So what, what we do in, in grocery is that um, we will help them sell off uh, these overstock items, uh, uh, you know, these uh, near-to-expired goods or anything that they have uh, overstock over the, over the uh, over the month uh, by you know by using by by taking advantage of our grocery go function because mm -hmm. every now and then uh, we will create that uh, gamification for a bargain hunt competition so this bargain hunt competition will allow uh, users to quickly rush to the stores to grab these amazing deals from our partner retailers because these deals are going to be um, time limited and also user limited. So they will only open these offers, um, you know, to selected number of users once they reach uh, the, the right volume and also once they've, uh, they've, uh, the, 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 the time period expires, then, you know, they don't, they don't offer these deals anymore. So it's kind of exciting for us to actually have this gamification uh, future inside our app. So it, all, it might all sound complicated, uh, because I've, I've actually shared a lot of uh, benefits um, to both users and, 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 and retailers. But actually, um, as you know, developing an app, it has to be very simple. So inside our app, there's all, all these benefits is nicely packed inside uh, three main functions. So it's easier to navigate and users can actually easy, uh, understand our app easily. So, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, I would actually like to, Yusuf, do you have a question? I do. Uh, I just wanted to understand the value that you mentioned to the customer. You initially said 30% is the average cost of groceries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how significant is the change if a customer were to use your app? Especially that is the wow factor, right? Yes, 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 I agree. I think um, we, we've actually tried to tally to tally the the um, you know the actual savings that uh, consumers can actually benefit from from this app uh, but at the moment because we don't have enough data to support our claim uh, therefore I, I I cannot comment further on this one but basically we are trying to as much as possible to try to create that savings 
uh, but at the same time that value for money for our users so yeah uh, that's my short uh, response to your question but definitely we, we we are looking into that it's just that the data is not that available that much in order for us to validate that we can we can claim that we can uh, you know generate up to x percentage of savings for our users that that's very honest on your side <laughs> to be <Yeah. laughs> oh, oh, sorry go ahead man no i was expecting him to say something along those lines because i thought you would need a lot of data to be able to say like we have decreased household spending by yeah. x percent yeah on groceries like that's a lot of data you'd have to have a ton of customers yeah. and yeah. quite a bit of time to be able mm -hmm. to make well, that claim well to be honest right let's say your iphone will claim 12 hours battery and then mm -hmm. they'll have a very small disclaimer at the bottom that is yeah. assuming you do this right <laughs> and that's essentially the call to action right so it would have yep. been a very strong call to action to kind of say you're spending 30%, now you could spend 20%. And it's a 10% yeah. saving, and that's how much it is, right? Mm -hmm. And the way you would calculate it, I suppose, is to take the highest price grocery, like where Daniel mm -hmm. finished grocery, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then compare it to the convenience shop and just have a guesstimate. And I think that's how a normal marketer will do it. So I guess hats off to you if I'm wearing a hat uh, for actually being so honest. Uh, and waiting to collect the data before making claims. Yeah, yeah. I think I think also right. Um, I I do agree with 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 what you said, Yusuf. Um, what we do later on when we eventually launch this app, I think um, towards the end of this year, is that we wanted to gather all this data from our users. Uh, you know, our our users' uh, purchases. And also then start to aggregate that how much we can actually help them to save uh, based on the data that we've gathered. So uh, yeah, I think um, that's another way of, of of trying to actually validate that we are able to generate X amount of savings. And as you said early on, that is essentially the wow factor that will actually bring users to use the app. Yeah. Yeah. Just a comment on if you had to bring it by 10%, uh -huh. like the disclaimer is if you do this, uh -huh. I think it will just have to be if you're bargain shopping consistently. Yeah. I'm always looking for those nearly expired products. Yeah. Then you can save 10%. However, I just want to also note that I think that's an excellent feature because food waste is actually a real problem. Uh -huh. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown out and just people and aside from it, there is a bunch of factors but some of the very small factors are just logistical issues like people just do not know how to deal with it or when mm -hmm. to send it afterwards and then they just have the easy way out is just throw it away yeah and I think I, I think just to uh, add on to your points there, Daniel, I think, um, again, relating back to my experience as an entrepreneur, yeah, um, is that uh, most of the time, um, entrepreneurs, when they develop their idea, when they are at this ideation stage, there are too many different things that they wanted to tackle. And this goes across your point initially that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs started wanted to start by tackling you know the big the the world problem 
I think um, what is important, again, this is coming from my experience as a strategic thinker, is to focus on the core features that you wanted to deliver to the users. And these core features are the ones that is really impactful um, for these users, that users can actually, um, you know, experience these this real benefits um, um, that you intend to deliver through your app, right? So again, uh, question, um, drawing on your, your comment earlier on that you know there's it it goes on tackling food wastages and everything yeah i do see, i i i do see there's a direct link but then again when we were developing the the ideas the futures for the app we really had to drill down and focus on the main futures that we want to exactly deliver to our users because you cannot tackle you cannot uh, compress everything into uh, into an app an app has to be very simple right so I do believe that principle where, you know, I try to make, uh, we try to make the app very simple. Um, at the same time, um, although we are faced with so many different problems in groceries, you know, we wanted to tackle the main problems uh, for that is very impactful for our users. So that's how we came about uh, the three main futures for the app. So you mentioned a very good point. Sorry, Dana. Uh, you mentioned a very good point about focus. Right, mm -hmm. and I think it's a very hard lesson for most entrepreneurs to uh, stomach. I think a lot of times, mm -hmm. as you said, most entrepreneurs, including me, I, I am not, I'm not void of that. Uh, whatever, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And but how to get that focus? How to really make that decision and stick to it? Do you have any advice that myself and other entrepreneurs can follow? Mm, I think um, speaking from a very uh, from uh, someone who's just uh, for me, I consider myself to be a beginner in the in the as, as an entrepreneur. I think I look up to a lot of people uh, in Malaysia who who does this on a full time basis, you know. And I have my team to actually support me with that. But during the idea uh, ideation stage where we have to focus, I think we actually have to do a lot of engagement with our consumers, uh, try to understand them what they actually wanted in terms of the groceries, right? So that's what we, what we did uh, that will help us to focus on the really critical issues uh, of what we wanted to, to have inside the app. I think what is really important as well is to actually, um, you know, uh, talk to the retailers, uh, what is their, you know, in, uh, what is their, uh, pertinent problems, and then ha try to find that common, 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 commonality where we can actually benefit uh, both parties as well. So that's how we actually drill down to uh, to the to the main focus of that. Now, again, I wanted to share also um, that uh, we also during the ideation stage, we also kept on changing. We had different ideas all the time. You know, there's no harm in changing our our app you know, until we finally drill down to these uh, three main features that we wanted to deliver. Uh, I think that's the process that we, everyone has to go through. But then at the end of the day, it's your gut feeling as an entrepreneur and what is your passion in terms of the impact that you wanted to deliver to the, to the uh, users and uh, the retailers. And therefore, we've actually uh, stuck down to those three main features that we feel is the right uh, is the right and exact future that uh, the the retailers and also the the consumers wanted to see for the app. So yeah. So, so I, I love this thing, right? 
So basically, you said you spoke to customers, you understood their perspectives, and then you use that as the main decision-making criteria. Although mm -hmm. you added uh, this, this another point of honesty that we had a lot of ideas, and then we trashed them, and then we tried something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's go back in hindsight. Now, imagine you were a younger self. You are a younger person, and but you have all this knowledge. Right. I I I'm still young though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to believe I'm very old either. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Would you do anything differently? And I guess that is the learning that other entrepreneurs can benefit from. Like, mm -hmm. how can you minimize this this constant process of perhaps having a lot of ideas and then just trying to minimize it? Like. Is there a way that you would approach it differently to make this more efficient? I think um, that's a very interesting question. And from my point of view, um, everyone faces uh, different unique situations when they, when, they want, when they wanted to start with their app, right? So in terms of uh, me having an advice to my younger self, um, I don't know if my uh, fellow entrepreneurs can follow this advice, is that I think uh, the, the thing that I would do differently is that, number one, I would actually uh, do a lot more research, uh, a lot more research if I have the time. So that's number one. I think that's really important. Secondly, thinking uh, strategically, um, and these are the tools that we employed um, throughout our ideation processes. We've actually created, uh, we've actually used a lot of strategic tools when we wanted to actually drill down, um, a, to drill down what are the exact issues that we wanted to deliver. So we've actually did a lot of, um, um, I think we did this uh, business canvas. We used this business canvas tool. We used this stakeholders analysis. Um, we had this um, javelin, yeah, javelin board. We also did the javelin board, and I think we uh, and also we also used this risk assessment analysis. So I mean, that's just taking from my my, my background as a strategic management. Uh, uh, you know, I yeah, with with strategic management, I think um, I would actually employ a lot more strategic tools into the design stage um, so that I can expedite and, you know, make this, uh, this ideation stage much more shorter. But I think uh, another point that I wanted to actually share as well, uh, nothing beats uh, this engagement, uh, this engagement with the retailers, you know, trying to understand what's on the ground. So, you know, engaging with retailers, engaging with, uh, with consumers is really important for us. And I think um, using this, I mean, doing this engagement, it's, it's, it's going to be very time consuming. It's going to be very time consuming. So uh, for me uh, and the rest of the team, we prefer to get it right in the first place rather than keep on changing, changing all the time. So mm -hmm. I think engagement, I cannot, I cannot say enough that engagement with retailers and also, I mean, who, who are your stakeholders is really important for you to actually focus on what's the right thing to do for, your, for, for the app, you know? And one last question. I know, Daniel, I, I have been asking a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned engagement, right? And I think a lot of people believe in engagement. But one of the biggest problems with engagement is uh, firstly asking the right questions. And I think we've seen mm -hmm. this time and time again. When we engage people, we tend to push our solutions to these people. 
Right? Yeah, yeah, true, true, yeah. And I guess advice here on how to prevent that. Because you seem to be a believer of engagement. I see it in your eyes, like 100%, right? Mm-hmm. Like engagement seems to come. I with a webcam. But no, I feel you believe in this idea of engagement. Like there's some people who don't, right? Uh, so how do you manage to not allow your solutions to creep in so that you can get actual insights? I think would be golden advice to any entrepreneur. Uh, and I guess if, if, you, if, we, if you just remember the next question, you can answer them together. I see a lot of senior people in the strategic management space that uh, when it comes to engaging customers, they always feel, hey, I've been, I've been doing this so long. I, mm-hmm. you know, I have this natural inclination. I know what the customer wants, right? How do you beat that bias? Uh, uh, if, yep. It, yeah, it yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense because I experienced it myself. I think um, the, the 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 part about you know you being a, a someone who's very experienced who knows what is best for the users is something that you you cannot have um, as uh, as, a, as your mindset. I think um, you are inclined. Of course, you are inclined to, to think so because you know you are you will be very protective of your idea and you just want your idea to work, right? But I guess when we go for engagement, I think the most important part is listening to what is really on the ground. I, I cannot honestly, uh, you know, uh, iterate this point because I, uh, based on the, the 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 comments and also the feedback that I got that that we have gotten. I think um, we have all we have con- con- continuously uh, refined our idea until what it is right now. So I think um, you, you know when you do this engagement, as, as you rightly pointed, you so you know you cannot uh, impart the solution to them. You have to have that free will, uh, free uh, open mind to actually listen to them what they wanted, uh, what they wanted out of this, uh, you know, process that you are trying to deliver in the, in the app, right? So that's number one. And then secondly, I think, uh, based on uh, just sharing on my experience, uh, the platform that you engage people is quite, is also quite important. You see, when we do engagement, some people always, uh, always, um, you know, uh, immediately uh, talk about focus group, right? That's the, 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 most, uh, the, the most well-known platform uh, that people use to actually get feedback. But then again, there's a danger of people trying to impart their solution to the users and the, the, the users feel compelled or sometimes even become frustrated that, you know, oh, okay, what, uh, you know, they, they are already fixed in terms of their mind. Let's just not bother to actually give real feedback to these, uh, to these entrepreneurs. But I actually use different platforms to actually engage my, my, my stakeholders. You know, the traditional way, yeah, of course, I go for focus group. Um, secondly is I do uh, meetings. I go for formal meetings and I listen to these uh, industry players that, okay, actually we are experiencing this problem, this problem, this problem. And then uh, the most interesting part that I did also uh, using engagement is I've joined this um, ideation, ideation, uh, product validation type of uh, courses and also seminar. I think that is one of the, you know, one of the, you know, best platform for us to actually get real feedback without us 
trying to impart our solution to them. And you, you can see that I'm wearing uh, this T-shirt. It's from Startup Weekend. Weekend. Mm-hmm. I joined it in, in Malaysia when I was, uh, you know, visiting Malaysia. And from there, I got this, you know, real feedback from not only from my fellow uh, participants, but also the mentors. Uh, I mean, and at, at the end of the day, it's entirely up to you whether you wanted to listen and take this this idea up. But for us, we really wanted to 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 tackle real problems, uh, not perceived problems from our head. So we actually have to keep an open mind and listen to them what they they have to say because if you already fixated on your idea, and, and I'm just saying that you know people have this tendency to have it. Uh, then you will not actually see the real value of what you wanted to capture inside your app. So I think um, make use of different platforms. So not only focus group, um, but also different different uh, platforms uh, to actually get real feedback from your users. Yeah. That's amazing. Actually, yeah, uh, I think engagement being the core thing to drive entrepreneurship is actually especially with your users and do it as early as possible mm. so it helps you not be able to narrow down and not have mm. options what will work what wants early mm. in the beginning so okay now i think uh having gone through what grocery is your story how you started what mm. you've done so far to get here uh so uh the last two questions as we're running out of time one sure. one, uh, why did you decide to start in Malaysia mm-hmm. and what was that journey like? How is it going? Oh, okay. Um, okay. As a foreigner, uh, first of all, yeah, before I talk uh, about uh, my, my experience as a foreigner, uh, establishing and incorporating a startup in Malaysia is, you know, I do acknowledge that uh, for every entrepreneur, um, success and starting up is always difficult and each person will encounter different challenges. Uh, but the nature of uh, an entrepreneur is that we always persevere, we don't give up in, in our idea and we always, we always push ourselves uh, to actually try to make it work yeah, into, a, uh, into a success. Now, imagine that you already faced with that difficulty and then being a foreigner in a foreign land to try to actually you know uh, put your mark in in malaysia so um first i would like to talk about my experience in terms of why i i decided to uh, to to uh, to choose malaysia as my uh, as, as my startup location um i think i'm a very how do you say attracted to the to the grocery and also the the, the I mean in general the retailing uh, the retailers industry in 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 Malaysia I I do feel that the Malaysian um, the you know environment is very conducive for for the app to succeed you know you have uh, a, 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 you have a, a highly uh, highly what is it uh, people who use technology a lot. And you have this um, uh, a lot of gro- uh, groceries and convenience stores that actually try to outcompete and try to find new ways of trying to reach out to this uh, to to the consumers. Uh, so that attracted me a lot into 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 Malaysian market um, because I am venturing into that specific industry that I that I mentioned. 
Now, in terms of um, why I uh, also, in terms of my experience of why I chose Malaysia from Brunei, um, as you all know that Brunei has a very strong currency and therefore Malaysia is a very ideal location for, for Bruneians to actually, uh, you know, start their, their early business in, in Malaysia. Not only they have that, not only Malaysian, uh, Malaysian market is, the volume of Malaysian market is very huge, but also in terms of currency strength, um, we have an advantage, I might say. Um, so, you know, when we do investment, when we pour in our own money to actually start the, the business, it's, it, it's less costlier than, you know, in places like Singapore or any other, pla um, other places. But if you want to go to countries like, for example, Thailand or, or Philippines, uh, you, you don't have that uh, language, you don't understand their language. And, you know, with Malaysians and Brunei, we have the same language, like Indonesia as well. But then Indonesia is, uh, the, 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 the market is uh, very, very big. So we, we thought about trying to, to start our app somewhere that's more manageable and, you know, and what better place uh, than in Malaysia. You know, we have strong currency, you know, the market is not as, uh, how do you say, um, aggressive as in, in Indonesia. And plus, uh, you know, um, it, it's, it, it's, a good, um, it's, it's a good place to also start because um, I've researched that they have a strong um, ecosystem, support ecosystem for these uh, entrepreneurs. Not only the, 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 the people, uh, I mean, not only uh, the existing Malaysian startups, but they're also welcome with open arms. Um, other, uh, other startups that comes from different countries to set up in Malaysia. So I think I, 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 I have to, you know, I have to acknowledge the, the strong and well-supported ecosystem in Malaysia. And that's, uh, that's why I'm attracted to Malaysia. Uh, now, um, going to Malaysia itself, it's not been easy. Um, uh, the first real experience of, 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 of trying to study in Malaysia is, as you all know, I I cannot be there hundred hundred percent. So being a startup, you have this unique challenge whereby you know um, we wanted to start something, but let's not overcommit just yet. So in order for us to actually, um, how do you say, um, uh, address that problem, is I have to find uh, a local partner. I have to look uh, to find and look for local partners in Malaysia. So that was a very difficult process because it's not easy to actually look for local partners, uh, trying to share your ideas and see whether that, that person has this, um, you know, has the same passion as you and the same vision as you, as you to actually grow the, the, the app and believe in the app. So yeah, the journey is both, um, not to say uh, frustrating, the journey is very, uh, it's very exhaustive. But at the same time, it's very rewarding because, you know, you get to know different people who you, would, who you wouldn't otherwise meet with, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't meet these people if you don't actually have uh, an app that you wanted to actually launch in Malaysia. So that's very rewarding and at the same time, um, very exhausting because, you know, it, it, it will, I, 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 throughout my experience, I didn't meet 
local partner immediately during my first trip. It has, I have to con consistently, uh, you know, go back to Malaysia back and forth mm -hmm. to actually find the right partner for, uh, for, uh, for Ruita and grocery. So I'm thankful that now I have a strong, stable team that is able to support. And uh, what is really important again um, for me, um, the cohesiveness and the, the teamwork has to be very, uh, very strong for the group because I do believe in the value of the team having the same mindset, the same, you know, the same vision. Otherwise, if you are not strong as a team, then, you know, that's uh, a recipe for disaster already for your startup, mm -hmm. right? So the, the cohesiveness, the, the uh, they would say camaraderie of, of, of the team is really important. And that's the sort of qualities that I actually look for um, when I selected my partners. So, yeah. And yeah, of course, I have to have a mixed background of experience and also academic uh, background and specialty uh, from, from my partners that we are able to actually uh, condense and also complement each other during our uh, to, to grow the business together. So, yeah, just personal experience. Uh, that's really nice. I, I like the fact that you show how you, you really are into strategic thinking because uh, you, you said when you started and you said that Malaysia is a big market, I was going to tell you like actually in Malaysia people look at this as a small market mm -hmm. uh, then compared to Brunei. But then you mentioned that the reason you didn't go to Indonesia is it's too big and too aggressive. So actually Malaysia was just a strategic nice yeah. starting point oh. where it, it just had all the right environment to do it. So oh. it's not, oh. It's not. It's bigger than I guess Brunei, but mm. not too big that it becomes yep. as well. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, if, correct me if I'm wrong. One of your biggest challenges was actually establishing a team in Malaysia, mm. especially because you're currently not living in Malaysia. Yep. Yeah. And I'm guessing even now with COVID, it's forced remote working to even become more of a yeah. real thing. Yeah. So that cohesion is probably working out. Yeah, I mean, uh, thank you very much. That's all from me. I don't have any more questions. I don't know if Yusuf has any. Okay, great. Uh, thank you very much, Bob, for joining us and sharing your insights and experience. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Yusuf. It's been a pleasure for me as well. And, you know, I uh, hope to actually learn from everyone inside the community and grow the community yeah. together. Yeah. Inshallah. Thank you, thank you Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.